Yeah, you had a brother. Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart, with a capital (laughs) A-R-T. I love that, Mary. I love that you've added that into the title because I think it's so important. That is why we're here. Mm -hmm. Art, right? Yes. And we didn't want it to sound like we were just being corny. The truth is from the heart, but there is art in heart and heart in art. That's right. And uh, listeners, we're so glad that you've joined us. Happy Sunday to each one of you. And thank you for tuning in each week to learn about what's good and what's happening in our awesome arts community. And uh, I missed being with you last week, Mary. It feels like it's been a long time. It has been a long mm-hmm. time. But you had a great, great conversation with Robert Hill yes. and Cassandra Lewis mm-hmm. about Contemporary Wonders. That's, yes. that's finishing up today. That's finishing up today, yes. Yeah. And Mark Daniel came in and sat for you, and the conversation was lively, and uh, it was beautiful. It really is a, a, a cool work that they're doing. You know, Jessica Lang from New York City, mm-hmm. then Arcadian Broad, who's the artist in residence, created another uh, original work. And then the third piece uh, was Cassandra Lewis with her full band with a contemporary ballet. So kudos to Robert and his team for doing some really cool, innovative stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hated not being here, but I was uh, doing some uh, some cool work up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes, you promised to tell us about it. Yeah. You know, Minneapolis is a very cultural city. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. um, they have 15 professional theaters there. I mean, it might be because it's so cold. They don't, you know, everybody wants to be inside, but... Uh, but they're really the epicenter right now of arts and aging and arts and health programs. Oh, okay. Um, so, and part of that is Minnesota right now is the number one uh, funded state for the arts Doesn't from state funding. Me. Yeah. You know, Jason, and I drove all the way out there once to have an art show, uh, to an art show that he really uh, put his work in. Oh, very cool. Well, I met with eight different organizations as we're you know learning best practices and kind of building a national coalition of thought partners on how do you do performing arts programs with seniors and people who might have some type of physical or cognitive disability. And so these organizations are all doing uh, great work in that. And then spent some time with McPhail School of Music, which is the largest community music school in the country. They see 16,000 people a week in workshops and classes and lessons. Oh, I this mean, is so going to be you. I yeah, can see it already. But so, so two of your big passions right now, yeah. help with seniors and then arts organization, you got, so what are the big takeaways? Uh, well, some of it was just some of the training and curriculum and how they really worked alongside organizations that specialized in maybe that disease or that disability to really understand whether it's Parkinson's or, or aphasia or some type of dementia, autism, and just the relationships that they have built with the medical community. And mm-hmm. we're trying to do that here a little bit, but they've done it in a, in a really big way. But also just how they structure, you know, we're redoing our School of the Arts to be this kind of arts for a lifetime experience for people no matter what journey they're on. So it was neat to see some organizations that were doing it so well. You know, we're a little bit interesting because we're multidisciplinary for mm-hmm. all ages. And so they were very, a lot of these organizations only do programs for people with disabilities or only do programs for people seniors. or you know. So it was neat to see how we can 
incorporate that in this in some of the stuff that Exciting. we do here. are you going to build continue building a relationship with them and perhaps see them again yeah, or host yeah. them here that's part of the goal is that we're building um for some of the grants that we have we're building a national really advisory board and advisory task force to to help us continue to be uh, you know really innovative in our in our program especially with people that might have some type of disability wow that's wonderful yeah it was super fun so i miss being here but it was also some good conversation well, keep up that good work and keep bringing it here so our listeners can hear because you never know when you start one of your programs here, um, that those are going to be calling in because they've heard your journey. Yeah, well, we'll see. So we uh, we have a great show today, though. I mean, as much as I would love to talk about Minneapolis, we have some really awesome things happening here. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guests? Well, so, I, you know, we're going to let them tell you more, but I, I really adore these two people. And we were just kind of catching up personally. But Michael Marinaccio, who is the executive artistic producer what is your title, Michael? What's the right title for you? Uh, uh, it's festival producer, but artistic producer also works. Oh, I try to give you like a really, really <laughs> <laughs> executive king of the world. He told me to call him Lord of all time and space. No fair. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, how long have you been with the Fringe Festival? Uh, this is my eighth year. Okay. As yeah. the as the festival producer, or did you start yeah, in a different into, role? Uh, well, I started out as an artist in 1997. So Awesome. Uh, yeah, 21 years. And then oh we have my a, goodness. 21 years. Wow. Then we have Alana Friskus, who is the executive director of the Orlando Fringe Festival. Yes, this is hello. her first year at the helm of the Fringe, but was the executive director at the Garden Theater. And then before that, the Alliance. She's a great art leader in We've our community. We've had Alana on before. And the last time you were here, it was right before she was about to start this. So it's going to be neat to hear about your journey. Yes, I'm excited to mm-hmm. be here. And so how's your first year been, Alana? Oh, it's been a whirlwind. It's It's been so much fun. I mean, this is such a joy. I mean, Mike's been around Fringe, Orlando Fringe for 21 years. And this year I celebrate my 20th Orlando Fringe. So I'm no stranger to the organization. But yeah. to be here in this position with this unique perspective is just such an honor. I'm so excited. So yeah. all the work that you've done in your past, what has helped prepare you for what you've now taken on with Orlando Fringe? Well, in, in some ways, I mean, as the founding executive director of Garden Theater, I mean, that was a unique beast because that, mm. was, that was my baby. I got to, to grow that out of nothing. And um, Orlando Fringe, actually, actually, I moved here because of Orlando Fringe originally. I came to Orlando because of it. Really? Um, as a patron and as a volunteer and just fell in love with that. And Where so, did you move here from? Um, I moved here from, well, I've been all over, southeast Missouri. I went to college in Arkansas. But you and, you found out about Fringe and moved here for that. Yeah. I my Funny story. My <laughs> senior year of college, I was trying to decide what to do with my life, as many seniors do. And I had a map of the U.S. and I closed my eyes and I put my finger down and it landed on Florida. Stop and, it. Is this yeah, a true story? It's a true story. Oh. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> and so I uh, I started exploring Florida, and my dad, who I didn't grow up with, actually lived down here. And I called him up. I said, Dad, what do you think about me moving to Florida? And he said, well, you know, being in theater, you might like this festival I just heard about and started volunteering out. So my dad actually invited me down, and I came down to the Orlando Fringe, my senior year of college, actually, before I moved down here. And Fringe is what pulled me down. I wow. would never have guessed that story, especially for you who's so practical and pragmatic. And <laughs> I have my whims. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this is a perfect fit for you, isn't it? Because right. you can bring so much business knowledge and all the executive leadership experience that you have, but you also love the, you love what the Fringe does. I do. Although I'm I, not going to ask her how she met her husband. <laughs> <laughs> On Match.com. That's yeah. boring, right? <laughs> so Alana, do you remember the first show that you saw at the Fringe? Um, I do. Actually, 
I don't know if I remember the first show at Orlando Fringe, but I remember my first Fringe show. Mm. Well, no, no, no. Let me take that back. Yes. So my first show was probably Toxic Audio. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Because yeah. the first year I was there, it was, it was at Jeremy least that first Salisha year. Jeremy James and mm-hmm. Michelle Mayo and that group. Mm-hmm. That they were in Fringe here in Orlando, mm-hmm. and they they, they started in Fringe. Started actually, they, they formed for Fringe. And yep. I remember really? their show mm-hmm. was in this warehouse because that was when Fringe used to take over abandoned storefront buildings. Right. And they were in this warehouse that was across some railroad track, and you had to like climb up onto this loading dock to get in. <laughs> and the whole time, this train's going by. But, I mean, the show is was incredible. As, of course, as you've heard them sing over the years and how they've grown as as a company, but. Yeah, they got their start at Fringe. What a success story. Have you had any other success stories like that, Michael, where like a show, well, I think you know one pretty personally, right? Like that's done sure. awesome. Tell us about that show. Uh, well, yeah, no, that's been a lot. Um, uh, uh, Disenchanted actually yeah, uh, right. ran off Broadway for like two years. Um, and that one it's is really fun because it started at Orlando Fringe and now it is back at Orlando Fringe this year, except it's a high school one act version of the show Unbelievable. so it's 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 because now it's been uh produced all over the world and so that's really exciting um six guitars has run off broadway and gone on uh throughout the uh, north america mm-hmm. uh and, and chase's Nash- brother is coming this year isn't he chase's brother is going to be hosting a show ross paget is oh, amazing yeah, he's, he's hilarious <laughs> he's he's huge on youtube he's got yeah. like a million views on his on um, one of his uh videos but um, but yeah, I produced a, uh, and created a show uh, that's actually started at San Diego Fringe because it's a conflict of interest for me to produce a show at the Orlando Fringe. Mm-hmm. So we took it to San Diego, and um, now it's uh, it's run off Broadway. It's going. Uh, we're touring was- for three months. It's Josephine, a burlesque cabaret dream play. Wow! Um, yeah. Is there any way that it could ever come here with? Well, it did for one night, right? We did it. We did it as a <laughs> fundraiser. Okay. Uh, so, what do you mean for a, for a run? For a run? Well, uh, we'll see. see. We'll mm-hmm. see. Mary, do you um, want to produce it? I mean, you can, you can, you can make it happen. No, I, <laughs> I can. I can sell some bees and raise some money. <laughs> you got to tell everybody what that joke is about. <laughs> yes, Ella, you of just course. Forgive so. me, um, <laughs> listeners. Real quick. Recently, we found out we had a beehive at our house with thirty-three thousand bees. And um, we've been having them removed and learning a lot about the life of bees and how our life on our planet depends upon them from the man who's been removing them. So my life has changed, so I do have respect for bees, which is why I say I would help you with the money. (laughs) (laughs) That was a big tangent, but thanks for the story. (laughs) So uh, tell us about what's new at Fringe this this year. What are are you really excited about, Alana? I mean, I'm sure you're excited a lot because this is really your first fully produce I'm at the helm fringe but what are what's maybe some new things um a a few things well one thing is I've spent a lot of time stepping back and looking at the overall look and feel of the festival itself Mm -hmm. so when you step onto the festival grounds what's that going to look like um back in the day uh there used to be these huge color-coded inflatable tubes that lined each of the venues and they were really visible from far away and so working with uh Brian Sikorsky our marketing coordinator to really create that environment again. Mm. Um, So I won't tell you exactly what we're going to do this year, but we have these um, visible indications of where each venue is marked this year. And we have new wayfinding and just some fun environmental um, cohesiveness that's been added to the festival that I'm really excited about. Um, We've also, uh, very exciting news, we have uh, received our own liquor license. So we're going to be taking over management of the booze tent, (laughs) we're calling it. We're introducing the Fringe Booze Tent for year one. 
And um, the the bar, Stonewall, who had previously run the, the bar, was not able to do it this year. So they graciously donated their physical space to us and said, here's the bar, have at it, go have wow. fun. So I'm really excited because... As we all know, the beer tent is the heart of the festival, and now we're expanding to include cocktails. Did you find some professional bartenders to volunteer their time for we you? Have. Mm-hmm. We're, um, we have bartenders all lined up, and we have people really putting their brains into what it takes. It's a lot of management for yeah. a bar. But with the creative people you probably have in oh. touch, it's probably going to like step it up a whole new... It's so much fun. We're right? adding uh, some fun events, games, uh, uh, Fringe Against Humanity, uh, <laughs> uh, George trivia. Wallace is coming back to do Fringe Trivia. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh. So we have like gathering points throughout yeah. the festival where people can come and gather and talk and commune um, and also play some fun games. Well, being at, at Fringe, the cool thing about the beer tent, you know, of course, because there's beer there, but that's community, right? That's where people gather. When it, Whenever you meet people, friends there, you can just meet me at the beer tent, right? Like that's where you go. And new so friends. Now Fringe and- can create even more cool things happening in space and you mentioned a trivia contest there's all the the culture of the history of the fringe that can be a part of that to keep that alive of how it started and i'm sure you've thought of all this if you've ever played uh uh, friends against humanity what's it called cards 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 against against humanity uh fringe against humanity is definitely very fringe related questions because we have tons of history that we can pull in so we've created a specialized version it's really fun we, and we need to talk about the history. You know, we've had Terry Olson on mm-hmm. and tell, tell us a little bit about it. You guys have been on before, but we should, when we come back, we should remind our, our listeners of that. But Michael, what are, what maybe what's something new you're excited about this year? Is there anything or something you're doing different? Uh, sure. I think what, what I'm most excited about is our late night show tonight at midnight with Ross Paget. So what we've done in the past is we've had like a one night special event where we've done this midnight cabaret and it's all done by the light of flashlights and it's uh, all these uh, odd performances from performers, stuff that they've never done on stage before. Um, but this year we decided to do a regular show. It's going to happen every um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night during the fest, both, uh, both weekends. And it's at midnight and it is uh, a, like a late night talk show, uh, bringing in guests, uh, fringe performers to talk about their shows, to do uh, pieces, musical guests. Um, we'll have some video elements. Um, it, it's going to be just a, a, a really exciting celebration at the end of every night where everybody can get together and have a great time seeing a show um, and, and, and loud and vocal and we throw all the rules out the window. <laughs> you can come and go as you please. We'll roll a bar in and, and serve beer right in there. And so um, I think that's going to be uh, my, that's, that's the thing I'm most excited that's about. That's a great idea too. That's awesome. Well, we're going to come back in just a few moments to hear more about what's going on, but we're so glad that you're both with us. Listeners, please don't go away. Uh, we're back in just a few from the heart. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, sitting here with my co-host Joshua Vickery. And today we're very excited to talk about all things Fringe. The Fringe Festival is about to begin in Orlando, and it's one of the 
most favored treasures of our city. Um, we're here with their two fearless leaders, Alana Friscus and Michael Marinaccio, and we're about to talk a little bit about what is... N- we just mentioned what we were going to talk about. It went right out of my mind. <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> how this whole thing got started, right? Because yes. we're talking about it and we're having fun because we know so much about the French Festival and love it. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, Michael, what how this got started and, and how it's transformed over the last few years to now be the longest running French Festival in the country. Sure. Uh, Fringe Festivals themselves started in 1947 in Edinburgh, Scotland, as a response to the Edinburgh International Festival, which was a very exclusive um, uh, a little bit of nepotism, uh, uh, a performing arts festival where uh, a lot of producers wanted to be involved and they wouldn't let them. So they decided to get together and form their own festival on the outskirts or the fringe of mm-hmm. the international mm-hmm. festival. Um, and their only rule was anybody who wanted to perform, as long as they had a venue, they could be a part of the festival. Um, that idea took off like wildfire and has swallowed up the International Festival, which still exists as part of a small part of the Edinburgh Fringe, which is now the largest arts festival in the world. Um, It is uh, three million people come through in 20 days. It's it's massive. Um, Have you ever been before? I've been uh, five times. I'm a junkie. I'm a fringe junkie. Okay. And I I've get to go to... this year for the yes. first time. Nice. You did? I do. I can't wait to go. That's oh, cool. It's in August yeah. every year. Yeah. You're addicted to fringe. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so then um, it started in, um, in North America in 1982 with Edmonton. Our founders went and participated in that festival and uh, decided that they wanted to uh, create one of their own. So uh, Terry Olson, Andy Anthony, and Rick Kunst uh, started the Orlando Fringe in 1992, uh, and we are now the oldest fringe festival in the United States, celebrating our 27th year. And how did they start it? Would they just rent it a space, or they... Did it in a courtyard somewhere? Like, how did this whole thing? It started going? downtown Orlando, so they would um, use empty storefronts. Uh, they also had the old Sac Comedy Lab that that was kind of the the center of it. There were three venues. It was about twenty five, thirty shows mm. at that point. Uh, now we have a hundred and thirty different ticketed shows plus uh, hundreds of of free uh, events. Um, but yeah, it started out as a a, a, a small. A much smaller festival downtown Orlando, and it's just sort of grown over the years uh, to where it is now. That's incredible. And I, one of the things that I love about Fringe is that uh, it it really brings the entire artistic community together. Like it, whatever barriers or things you know that might keep different people in their silos, it, it, those all break down. And everybody gets excited about Fringe. What makes it so special? Why why do people? flock to fringe it's like a reunion i think people Mm. um you know especially we we work in the arts we kind of go through the year with blinders on we're focused on our what we are what we need to do for our organization to keep it afloat um and it's hard for us to really get out there and experience each other's shows and 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 be together but the fringe brings everybody together under one umbrella they can meet at the beer tent and chat over beers um and and you just there's a there's a sense of of community uh, that you don't find mm. at any other arts event. Mm. I and really attribute a lot of the feeling of a community in Orlando, especially when it comes to the arts. And I think what's even been lended to our theaters and Creative City Project Immerse uh, is is what started with Fringe. Mm-hmm. And even that beer tent that we just started talking about, when people go there, there's permission to talk to someone you don't know because you're talking about the one thing you have in common. 
uh, this event, this festival, or the show you just saw, the button that you're wearing. And uh, it, I think it's helped Orlando become a more special place. I, I would absolutely agree with that. I think, too, because Fringe is founded upon uh, being 100% inclusive and mm. uncensored and unjuried, I think that lends itself to that camaraderie and that where it is okay to mm-hmm. talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And, and it's built into our DNA as an organization. I mm-hmm. mean, you can meet and talk at the beer tent. A lot of people talk in lines. I mean, there's no judgment at Fringe. Mm-hmm. You can be Fringe. You can be whoever you want, talk mm-hmm. about whatever you want. No one's judging you. You can you come as you are. Um, you can, there are all different types of people, all different ages. And all different ages because you have kids fringe right. too. And we have fringe teens and we have just, there's a little something for everybody. There was a campaign a couple of years ago that was anyone can fringe. And mm-hmm. that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> you do see Michael's all kinds. Michael's sporting his shirt. You can't see it, but oh, he's very right. proud. Alana, <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned inclusiveness and uncensored. Tell our listeners what you mean by that. Sure. So um, as fr- uh, Mike was talking about how fringe began in Canada and North America, and the Canadian circuit actually is a very established fringe circuit and Orlando is a member of CAF, Canadian Association of Fringe mm-hmm. Festivals. And through that, we are mandated to abide by certain rules. And those are that we are 100% uncensored. We're not allowed to censor anyone or any show. 100% unjuried, 100% inclusive. We are diverse. And we give 100% of all ticket sales back to the artists. So they really guide us in, in keeping that community appeal and that inclusiveness in everything that we do. And that's why like, just fringes anything goes. There's something for everyone in every age because you're not censoring it. Right. And, and just to elaborate on that, I think people sometimes get a little scared by the word uncensored. <laughs> oh my gosh, what am I going to see? Well, I mean, the shows are, are specifically rated for everything. And what uncensored means to me is that we as a festival don't control any of the artist's content. It is 100% their creative expression. It's what they want to do on stage. It's how they want to present it. And there's no uh, artistic director telling them that they can't do it that way. Mm-hmm. So what, we, what, that, what that leads to is some of the most innovative, exciting, fresh performing arts in the world. When we talk about accessible, it's about keeping the ticket prices low. Our maximum mm-hmm. ticket price is $12 to a show. Um, most shows run about 60 minutes. So, uh, you know, it's really accessible to a wide audience, no matter what your income level or your attention uh, deficit disorder like <laughs> I have. Um, <laughs> you might need that. Um, so, I, I, yeah, that, that, and then unjuried, uncurated means that we draw names out of a lottery. It's a very egalitarian system. I'm not in there picking the, the shows for, from my friends. Mm-hmm. that my friends are producing. It has nothing to do with that. In mm-hmm. fact, you make a ritual out of it. You do it we in front do. of the audience. Yes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have we have guests come in, whether it's Commissioner Patty Sheehan or Terry Olson or somebody that will come in and the mayor mm-hmm. to come and draw the names out of the, 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 the hat. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really um, great system and I'm so glad that we're tied to that mandate because it means that uh, after I'm gone or Alana's gone and the festival continues going, that nobody can mess with that. Mm. I love that. that That's what keeps it pure. Yeah. Um, remind us a little bit about the uh, locals versus visitors in in relationship to the percentage. Sure. We uh, during our lottery we reserve fifty percent of our spots for local artists, so local producers and local shows. Twenty five percent for national other uh, artists across the United States, and then twenty five percent for international 
This year we have five com- countries uh, outside of the United States represented, Canada, UK, Australia, um, and Sweden. Uh, okay, so four or five total. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> but, how we yeah, are. we've had groups from, from Japan and Turkey and so uh, yeah, cool. it, you name it. Yeah. That's really cool. And one of the other things about it being unjuried or not being able to really get involved in the creativity of each show. I know a lot of people who have done friend shows and they've really created that friend show around their really talented friends who they know they can showcase who haven't been noticed Mm -hmm. or get them a part that really showcases who they are. And I've known, I know lots of people who have really gotten their stage from friend shows. You know, I know like Matt Rothenberg is a good example of someone who really had no name on the scene, had an awesome friend show last year and now is Quasimodo at Hunchback and he's, you know, getting jobs at Shakes and because he was really able to finally get a chance to be seen. You know, sometimes that's hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing about Fringe too, is that with 130 different shows, Mm -hmm. you're giving so many people the opportunity to really showcase themselves as artists. people are able to create their own opportunities because what Fringe is really is we're a facilitator. We're not a producer of these shows. These shows are independently produced. So you've got these independent producers that are producing the work that they want to do. If they want to be in a show, then they... They can produce it themselves mm. and cast themselves and it. do it. One, one know, so show, it really show. gives them that opportunity. They can create the opportunity for themselves. But mm-hmm. you also have auditions for local people or whoever wants to come out and stay for people who come with a play but not a cast. Tell sure. us about that. Yeah, we facilitate a unified audition uh, where we uh, uh, kind of put everyone under the same umbrella, but we have our show producers, maybe a dozen each year show up, uh, different shows that are casting out of this, uh, and then a 100 or so. Um, performers from the uh, community will come through and audition for all of those producers at once. And then those producers, if they like them, sometimes they got to fight over them. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and and uh, and it's great. I mean, we get a lot of artists cast out of that. A lot of a lot of performers cast out of that. Yeah. Well, and not only touching on on giving opportunities to the artists, but as Mike was saying about producers, mm. one thing I'm really passionate about is helping to grow that producer experience. And, you know, I came to Orlando and really cut my teeth in the industry on producing shows at Fringe. Mm. And so I think not only the artist opportunity, but also that producer opportunity as well, where you can gain valuable experience and learn how to produce a show with very little barrier to entry. Mm. I mean, the cost is so low that you can take greater risks from it. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just been incredible growing those young emerging producers as well as something I know that we've worked very hard on this year and in the past and creating, um, we've created this artist portal and, and able to give them workshops and leadership and help guide people who want the experience to grow, to be a better producer and learn marketing skills and, and different ways to grow. I think that that worked for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think it grows the, the community overall. It just makes better, more experienced artists and art, art producers. You totally answered what my next question was going to be because it's a wonderful that you give a hundred percent of the ticket sales back to the artist. So I was curious if you guys help them build the budgets and help them from the back end on a business side, but you said you're doing that. You're offering workshops and you're really helping craft the business side of, of producing a show as well, which is incredible. Sure. And we, we do an artist conference. We have a handbook. We have uh, so, so internet. So there's, there's, there's lots of resources there. And then I'll do one-on-one conferences. Um, my new associate producer, 
Um, uh, Lindsay Taylor is great Who's at that awesome. too. Lindsay, she's, I love Lindsay. She's fantastic. Lindsay's Lindsay's been great. She she she'll like coach people on how to do a prompt book and stuff. Yep. I mean, she's just uh, spectacular, and I, I think that's uh, something that um, you know we try to instill as an organization that we're we're there to serve. And mm. as a nonprofit, that's part of who we are, and that's how we're giving back to the community as well. Mm. You're giving to the community, and you're also giving to the artists. It's all about being in service from both of you and from your. Um, establishment. That's really beautiful. Listeners, you are listening to Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Joshua Vickery and myself will be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Joshua Vickery with Mary Thompson Hunt. And what a fun show we're having this evening, talking to Michael and Alana from the Orlando Fringe Festival. And there's so much good stuff to talk about. But one of the things we haven't dived into yet is some of the great shows that are actually happening this year. So, Michael, what are some of the shows that you're... We're actually going to get to talk to many shows over the next few weeks. But what are some shows you're jazzed about? Well, I, I'm, I'm excited about all of them. There's so many new shows, so many uh, returning favorites. Um, it's every genre of performance. Um, and I think what's really exciting this year is we see some themes. Every single year we see themes running through. You know, um, one year it was all zombie shows. I don't know why <laughs> yeah, all zombies. Oh, yeah. but, um, you know, we've had lots of improv heavy years or... Uh, but this year, um, uh, a couple of the themes that we're seeing are uh, are really related to genres, and we've got uh, a lot of amazing dance shows this year. Oh, so nice. for dance fans, they're going to get to see lots of amazing contemporary dance in tandem, ruminations, forgotten memoirs. Uh, they'll get to see uh, big musicals with a lot of dance, uh, Gorgeous, mm-hmm. which is a collaboration between Central Florida Community Arts and Yao Dance, mm-hmm. uh, Luna, is a, a, a dance show with acrobatics from Cirque du Soleil performers. Uh, Spellbound, uh, Variety is one of the fringe favorites. Mm-hmm. They're coming back with a new show. And Aqua Dance, which is a water ballet in what? somebody's pool. Yeah, oh, come so, on. So come we, on. we also have site-specific shows that are outside of the traditional venues. <clears throat> And uh, this one is in the pool, in a pool in someone's backyard. Well, I once saw this show where it was in a bathtub filled with bubbles in <laughs> yes. the motel. Co- you told the block. this story so many times that I still don't believe it. <laughs> yes, I just can't. And the show was over when the bubbles were just about gone. <laughs> she had it timed perfectly. And it was at the Days Inn or the, uh, the Comfort, Comfort Inn. Suite. Oh, Comfort, Comfort Suites. Suite. Yes. And you could sit on the edge of the, the tub. One person got the throne of the toilet seat covered down. Of course. <laughs> and then the rest of us had little chairs in front. So there were only like seven there. But I'm just saying you've moved up. From a, a yeah. bathtub well, to I mean, a pool. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but, but we do have a cargo van. We have um, a walking tour around Lock Haven Park starting at a tree. Um, we've got a tent outside. And so there you are had a car some, once. A we, we have. We've had a car. Uh, the Ride Along Show, which was actually like fight combat. They would fight on the hood of the car <laughs> and you'd be in the back seat. And so, I mean, it, yeah. So I, what I, are some I other site specific things happening this year outside of? 
you said the pool. Are there other places where things are happening? Because we had somebody yeah, on last show that had a living room theater the living room that was theater? inside. Yeah, um, we've had them in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, living room theater is not doing it this year, but we mm-hmm. have had them in the past. But yeah, this year, uh, P Virus Scaravan Sing Along Disney Addiction um, <laughs> will where? be in a van that picks you up. It's a cargo van. Uh, that has free candy written in red paints on the oh. on the back, okay, um, and scary. and and P Vira is an anti drag um, horror uh, comedy character who then will bring you into the back of the van so you have to sing along with Disney songs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh that sounds wonderful and horrible at, at the six. same time. Six, six people, six oh, people at a time. No he does shows on the hour. They do shows on the hour. So. I lo- is it like a cab where you get pay and tip? Or well, no, we'll find I, out. I, no, you <laughs> buy. You could buy a ticket buy online. A ticket. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of tickets online, tell us about that. Uh, sure. OrlandoFringe.org um, is where you can go to uh, check out all the shows. Uh, purchase your tickets all through our website. We also have something new this year: the Fringomatic. Alana, yeah. tell us about Fringomatic. So Fringomatic is a so there's this longtime fringe fan, his name is Lewis Johnston, and he called us up one day and he said, So I've got this thing, kinda offhandedly told us about, you know, I've been going to Fringe for a long time and I go see like 50, 60, 70 shows. And so I'm also a developer and I just made this thing. And we went to fringomatic.com and we're blown away. He's sharing it with everyone in the world. It is his gift to fringe. It wow. is a scheduler where you can go in and rate all your shows on how, how much you would like to see them, and one to four, and then you go in and tell the scheduler when you're available to be on property, and it spits out your perfect fringe schedule. Oh. It will save those Goodness. people who go to many fringe shows hundreds of hours of work through, you know, rifling through the program and through their spreadsheets, and I know it takes that a long time. That had to have taken him hours to put together. He's brilliant. Oh yeah, he's oh brilliant. I bet Matt Paul is very gift. excited yeah, about the I, fringe. I emailed Matt immediately and I said, mm, "So, how many hours do you spend on your fringe program?" Yeah. And, and he on his schedule and hundreds. That's awesome. And, so, and you guys also have an app that you can download, right? That could be on your phone. Orlando Fringe app you can download, and you can also purchase tickets through that as well. So between the website and the app and Fringematic, where you can also purchase tickets, there are lots of ways to get tickets. Is so, there a ticket charge? Uh, ticket sales charge on the app uh, or in person or is there, are there some ways where there's more or less money to buy the tickets? No, it's the same charge as the dollar and 25 cents okay. um, uh, ticket service fee and that goes directly to the ticketing company. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Fringe still does not take any of the money, 100% mm-hmm. of the actual ticket price goes back to the artist, but there is a, a service fee from the ticketing company. Cool. Okay. And so the first time, this is before I really got involved in the arts myself, but I went to Fringe and I, so I, I, had, I didn't know you had to get there a little early and buy the button. And so talk us about like, if you've never been to Fringe, what's, what should we do? Where should we park? How long should we, you know, take to get there? It, tell us where we buy the button, all that fun stuff. So definitely come early because there is no late admission and there's absolutely no excuses to that. If you're late, even if you bought your ticket, unfortunately, we cannot let you in. Uh, we don't want to disturb the artists and we have a very tight schedule to mm, stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a very strong rule. That and we no refunds. Through. No refunds. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're coming in, um, parking has always been a challenge at Fringe. Lock Haven has very limited parking on property. However, there are lots of opportunities on the outskirts of Lock Haven. So it's all perspective, right? Mm -hmm. If you live in a city and you find a spot a block and a half, two blocks from a theater, you think you've scored. So (laughs) if you have that mentality and you have to park a block and a half away, it's not that bad. You can also park in the garage for the Science Center, right? right, That's a Science Center typically, they're they're open sometimes uh, to take parking, but really uh, the Florida Hospital Garage on Alden Road is one I recommend because uh, it's a maximum four hours a day. 
Mm. Uh, and it's free on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Uh, and same with the medical centers right around the corner from them. Yeah, they those are free parking lots all the time. Uh, Winter Park Urology and the um, uh, LASIK Eye Center mm-hmm. over there. Those those parking lots are also And just, free. what, a five-minute walk, maybe a five- or right. ten-minute yeah. walk yeah. from those. Yeah, that's but great. it does fill up. I mean, it does get busy. So definitely arrive early and just try. don't get frustrated with the parking challenge. <laughs> you will find a spot. And once you get in, it's easy sailing. So you come in. There are a couple ways. First thing you need to do, as you mentioned, is grab a button. Mm-hmm. So that button, um, think of that like your your wristband for the festival. Um, the button is there. You use it throughout the entire festival. It's $10. You pay it one time and you wear it proudly throughout the festival. You need that plus a ticket to get into every show. So make sure you have that button. You can get those anywhere throughout the festival in all of the buildings, uh, in the Shakespeare Center, in, on the lawn, at the Orlando Repertory Theater, Orlando Museum of Art. Um, they're all opportunities to buy your button. And then there are box offices, both at Orlando Shakespeare Center, mm-hmm. which is our main box office, and at Orlando Rep. Um, so you can go grab your tickets there if you haven't purchased them in advance. And the button is important because that's the money that goes back to the French Festival to help right. run the French so that the, all of the ticket sales can 100% go back to the artist. Artists. So that button mm-hmm. is super important. Not only to just get you in, but it's important to keep right. the French Festival running. So you're li- doing a good thing by buying that button. <laughs> yeah, I like to tell uh, people who've never been to the Fringe before, a first-time experience, um, to, to just show up. Instead of, if, you, if you're nervous about the button or the shows or whatever, uh, you know, just show up and come out to the Fringe Lawn, hang mm. out. There's free live music out there. There's food and beverage. And I guarantee you, with an army of almost 400 volunteers that we have every year, um, all of our artists, our our patrons, everybody is excited to tell you about Fringe, mm-hmm. to talk to you about the shows, yeah. to help guide you wherever you want to go. Um, so really, if you just show up, somebody will hold your hand and take you on 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 the journey. And if someone's not holding your hand, someone's going to put a flyer in it. Yeah, right. Right. Please come see me at 7. Absolutely. I'm going to show. And, right. and then They'll come ask over and them sing questions. you a song uh-huh. and, and, and do, and do a mini performance for you right at the beer table. I think now. that's actually really great advice. Instead of trying to figure out what shows you may or may not like, if you've never been before, mm-hmm. just, show up, just show up, you know, and, and, and meet the artists and get the brochures and whatever you think, you know, attracts you, They'll go and come see. to you. They'll come to you. Not only that, yeah. you can say to strangers, hey, what have you seen that's good? And they love to share what's Absolutely. new and good. Mm-hmm. How can people volunteer or, of course, can they donate still? money? And how do, how do we get connected in those two ways, Alana? Absolutely. So um, as Mike said, we have over 400 volunteers each year. We're always in need of, of passionate volunteers. You can go on our website. There's a sign-up through our website. Um, we're accepting them and we'll be accepting volunteers throughout the festival. Or once the festival starts, just show up and, and find the volunteer check-in. It's at the Orlando Museum of Art or ask someone and they'll point you in that direction. Do you have some trainings coming up? We do. We have a few. We have I think we have two or three more trainings. They're on the website as well, okay. so you can check those out. Um, and then uh, for donations, because we are a nonprofit organization, we have a cool club called Club Fringe. Mm. So you can join Club Fringe for, for a minimum of $25. Um, you're part of that club, and uh, you get different perks with that at different levels. And we have special T-shirts and pins and opportunities and early buy-in opportunities for um, like 10 and 25 packs and those types of things. Yeah, cool. I'd like to say that we're like the Bernie Sanders of arts organizations <laughs> because um, really, you know, we don't have those handful of really million-dollar dollar donors that are yeah. that are writing the big checks i mean we really are uh grassroots uh small donations uh in, uh, active uh, audience members that are involved and invested in the in the the festival and i think 
for for me, I prefer that because it's a much more sustainable model. Mm. Or maybe you're like the Morgan and Morgan of arts. You're for the people. We right? are like right. for all people. <laughs> Speaking of for all the people, you also have a kids fringe, right? So kids can come out and, and be involved. Sure. Saturday and Sunday on both weekends from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We have kids fringe. And what's new this year is that it's indoors. So there's air conditioning. What? Yay. What? Uh, Where? Where? So we, it's at the Orlando Garden Club, which if you, you don't know where that, that is, it is in Lock Haven Park. It's behind the Orlando Shakespeare Center and the Orlando Science Center. So it's tucked. It has its lawn. It was a lawn. We'll be outdoors in the lawn, but the main activities will be inside. There's a beautiful stage in that space, and it's an open space. We'll have um, all sorts of kids' activities. I mean, I'll tell you, Kids Fringe, I am so excited this year. Each day is themed, and they're going to have all sorts of just incredible free activities for kids, 100% free for, for kids. And I there's air that. conditioning. Yeah, there's, <laughs> did I mention there's, and I know there's going to be Was that really, a big reason that you did this? Well, yeah. yeah I mean, I think, um, you know, we've, we've, we've tried to build partnerships with the uh, all of our partners in, in Lock Haven Park, all of the other entities there. Uh, for years, and 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 I think uh, they were really the last one for wow. us. It was the Garden Club to, to 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 kind of collaborate with them, and they have an amazing space. And we had just moved uh, Kids Fringe to behind uh, the Shakespeare Center last year, so it really, literally, is right there. Mm. Um, and, and you really will have a kindergarten. Yeah. You will. <laughs> it's well, for well done, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you need a friend show. <laughs> You should do a friend show. You would be awesome. Maybe one day we'll talk, Michael. Site specific. <laughs> Site specific in a bath. Wait, no, in no, a, no. In a hot air balloon. <laughs> oh, in a hot air balloon. I love that. I'm, oh my gosh, I like that. And I'll have the wizard with me. Oh, there you go. Perfect. So I, I just want to mention too, as you were talking about accessibility, I know we got an email from one of our partners, Quest, mm-hmm. and they're doing some sensor, promoting some yes. sensor friendly performances. And so you guys are really trying to Think outside the box to make it, make it inclusive for everyone to not just perform but also to experience as well. Yeah, we've we uh, our Quest for Fringe uh, program is uh, doing. We we're bringing a couple of international shows actually mm-hmm. um, to do. They're doing special sensory friendly performances um, that are closed just for uh, adults with developmental disabilities, and mm-hmm. so um, it, it's great. We did it for the first time last year, and it was one of the most powerful moments I've ever had as a producer of this festival to see folks who probably have never been to live theater, many of them. Mm. I mean, if you think about, you know, parents of autistic children aren't going to bring them to live theater because they're worried about them being disruptive or whatever. And and when we first, when the shows first started, you could see the, the chaperones and the, and the, and the um, uh, quest employees try and keep the clients quiet. Mm. But the artists were like, no, (laughs) make some noise, noise, right? And they started to get involved. And by the end, they were just completely being themselves and having this amazing experience. And it it gives me chills still just to think about it. Mm. Um, It was was really, really powerful. Um, and, 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 And so that's something that we hope continues for many, many years. That's awesome. And give us one or two sentences real quick about Visual Fringe, because I know Jason's got a few pieces in, so tell them that you're going to have uh, Visual Fringe is all the art that you'll see on the walls in the lobbies of the Lounge Shakespeare Center is for sale and 100% of the proceeds go back to the artist just like the regular Fringe. Mm. Um, it is uncurated. It's a first come first serve. The artists will show up and drop off pieces. Um, they pay between 15 and $25 for a hanging fee and that's it. Nothing. That's um, cool. And then they get to keep uh, all the money and so we, we get some amazing uh, just out of, outside the box art 
I love that. Mary, I'm getting so excited about Fringe now. It's here. It's and here. And we have so many cool shows coming up to, to really talk about what, their different shows Show and what's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And if you need us to announce anything else, you let us know between now and the end of next week. All right. Okay, we'll Michael see you May 15th. May 15th. That's when it starts and goes when through when, Alana? The 28th. So May 15th through the 28th. OrlandoFringe.org, Correct. right? Go there and check it out. Download the app. Check out Fringematic or just show up at Lock Haven here, any here. of those evenings and afternoons and and just check out a show. It's going to be awesome. 27th year. Yeah, keep up the great work, guys. Thanks for joining Thanks. us this Thanks week. Thanks for having us. Mary, always a pleasure. Listeners, we'll see you next week on From the Heart.